Hi guys, it's Jerry and Diane, and we're here with, with another episode from Ask the Messy Handover podcast. How are you guys all doing? Um, gosh, it is the 27th of May, and we're almost a month since the last episode, which breaks my heart so much that it's, it's been that long. So apologies for that. Yeah, we sincerely apologise. Just things have gotten... So out of control, we've been trying to sort the certain things out. Now we're back and hopefully back for the better and things will continue as they should from here on out. So yeah, so of course, as we've been away, life continues to happen and things do happen. Mm-hmm. And I think most importantly, a lot of nursing things have happened. And it would be so nice to talk about them as they happen, which is why it's so frustrating. But um, we're here now, so all we can do is get straight into it. So I think the most recent event that has happened was Nurses Day. Yeah. And that was on the 12th of May and also, you know, marks the 200th birthday of Florence Nightingale mm-hmm. as well. So anyone, again, that is not a healthcare professional listening, I'm sure you saw a lot of media attention around Nurses Day. There were a couple of video messages from the royal family in the UK sending videos to like different teams kind of just celebrating the work of nurses and the profession itself yeah it just so um, happens that it happened, to, it happened to coincide with obviously coronavirus yeah I think it kind of made it more poignant um mm-hmm. the fact that nurses day came around while this is going on it would have come around anyway I think it's a national day anyway but I think it probably held more importance because of the fact that it's the workforce that's at the most risk. It's the workforce that is under the spotlight. So it probably was even that more special yeah. than it would have been last year or the year before, I say. A hundred percent. Like you said, we've been, we've been in the forefront of a lot of things recently that this is probably like just the tip of the iceberg to celebrate us doing what we do day in, day out. Yeah. And in terms of, I mean, it'll be interesting to know how trusts celebrated their staff. I know in my trust, they had a lot of, I guess, activities that people could do on the unit. They had um, like food packages and different kind of, um, I think, relaxation stuff were brought onto the unit. Mm. And there was a letter from the chief executive just thanking nurses for their general service, service, overall service to say, but also just as well in yeah. this kind of trying time for their teamwork and their keeping up morale and just working so hard. So I would say, from my own personal point of view, the trust definitely tried to mark the day and make it very special. Yeah, for your shift that day? No, I was on annual leave. Okay. But for our trust, well, I can only speak for my department, like, so much was done. Obviously, with everything that's been going on, we've been getting lots of like food packages and all sorts being delivered to A and E. 
but we also were all given like a little pouch full of like goodies like a lot of relaxation stuff just things to unwind with obviously what's going on we still need to be able to unwind keep and relax um yeah and it's been i think it's just all over the place like i had i had lots of family members like wish me happy nurses day and stuff like that so it was quite nice to be remembered and for people yeah. who usually wouldn't have remembered it or would have ever thought that there was such a day for them to be like oh, no like we really appreciate what you're doing and like you're doing it for a good cause and we really do appreciate you yeah i think it, it's um nice to see the profession highlighted um i think for me it does raise the question of will it be as important next year or the year after that or the year after that is yeah. it only because there's a, a very big issue with health that it is now so important and it's so valued and it's so celebrated i think amongst the healthcare world of course it will be celebrated because you're in the thick of it but i think in normal life amongst all the other professions is it really that important to people or anyone yeah. per se? no i totally agree um, with you i totally agree with you even like with all that's going on we've been highlighted so much more but then usually on other years you're always hearing like things about us about things about us in the press sometimes the good things but you know negative press always seems to skyrocket rather than good press and then yeah. like this year obviously with all that's going on it's kind of been a flip kind of been a flip in the script unless we can only hope and pray that the next coming years people will remember all that we've done and what we've been through and how we've continued you know persevering through what we do yeah and i think just to touch upon the fact that it is the 200th birthday of mm. Rose Nightingale and I think if you compare what it would have been like to be a nurse then and what it's like to be a nurse now um how would you define the 21st century nurse how would you define it you're versatile you're accommodating um you're up against a lot of up against a lot of, I don't know how to word it correctly, but there's so many factors that you now have to think about when you do nurse. Yeah. Um, you definitely have to be quite resilient. Of course. And I think you have to be prepared to be stretched in a lot of different directions, but still remain very professional. Yeah. So I think if I summed it up in three words, you have to be dynamic. You need to be aware Mm-hmm. woke I think the right word I want to say aware woke and I think you just need to be professional but professional and however that means to you because professional yeah. can be a very rigid word and it could also be different from me to you you like yeah. just going yeah. Yeah. You can edit it. yeah you can edit it according to where you work and the role you play with your patients and their families you know, so that to me, I think, would be the 21st century nurse, essentially. That's sweet. Uh, to me, a 21st century nurse would be someone that's a strong advocate for their patients and, like, their colleagues, etc. Also, um, being able to care, but, you know, how do I like this? Being able to care, but not letting your emotions get too deep. Mm. also like you said versatile because as we've seen many people have had to be like redeployed into certain places that they've never worked before and never done 
yes, we all have a nursing pin, but you also have to be able to adapt to different different wards, different departments, different units. For example, you could have been pulled into A and E, and it's like somewhere that you've never been. Even being able to adapt to that would be great, and vice versa for me. Like if I had to come to NICU, yeah. I think there's so many words you could use to describe like the 21st century nurse, and it's forever going to keep evolving as times continue. Yeah, and I definitely think um, this decade will probably bring about a different style of nursing. You're going to get different entrants taking on the profession, mm. different graduates entering the profession. You have a mixture of young, of old, experienced, not experienced. Those that have, you know, walked into it blind and learnt much about themselves. So it's definitely one of those professions that I would say in the next 200 years, it's going to be at another level. Yeah. It's going to be advanced in a way that we will be seeing. We, will be, we won't be here, but we'll be able to see that, wow, from where it's gone from first starting girl to probably like us mm-hmm. to the next century of nurses is going to just be, well, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's definitely going to be evolve and expand yeah. and grow. And I think that's what's so exciting about nursing, always changing. Yeah. Not sometimes for the good, sometimes for the better. Yeah. But there's a lot to come, I would mm-hmm. say. Even, like, imagine just from, like, the five years that we've been qualified, seeing how, like, nursing has changed within that short yeah, time exactly. of time. It has changed greatly. Yeah, definitely. It's, I think it's a, it's a profession that there's a lot of wiggle room and leg room. I think yeah. you find that it's never just straightforward and they're always finding ways to to try and I guess recruit more or give more or make it an all-rounder kind of profession and position to be in. Oh sweet and like you said I think you hit the nail on the head I think it's just going to continue evolving and that's like the main word just everything like you grow you change you adapt for the new ways that things are done and I think with coronavirus there's new ways that we've learned to work in a short space of time that i think we will continue using until kingdom come mm. it's a great thing um, go on yeah no go on i think it's just great to see how the community like worldwide like nurses and healthcare professionals how we've been able to adapt to something so quickly and change what we would what our what would normally be our bread and butter into doing something else so quickly Obviously, mm. there will always be teething problems and such, but we just keep going. Like, we don't stop, yeah. we don't run, we don't hide. We just face it on, head on, and deal with it, which is, which is a great thing that I think, you know, is a great skill that you can use, not just within nursing, but all throughout life. If anything, nursing is yeah. you how to be a person, I think. Mm. So, um, talk, talking about nurses having to do more or adapt that comes into i think the first topic of today's conversation which is about nurses pay so i found a lot that nurses do a lot more than Mm. the job description or they end up doing more skills and the general consensus always regardless of what's happening now is that nurses are not paid enough not at all do you think we're paying enough no, I think the problem is is that we're not valued as skilled people. Yeah. It's not seen as a skill. And um, the most recent discussion came up was the fact that 
there was a reward that was going to be talked about for nurses to have. But when pressured about nurses having a pay rise, that conversation wasn't really entertained and there was no really clear answer. Yeah. So I feel that Hancock, Hancock haggling for nurses' pay or not, and my answer to that would be no. He's definitely not trying to haggle for us to get more money. Yeah. He's definitely not entertaining the conversation mm-hmm. in any way. In that sense, which is which is quite disheartening because to me, the biggest reward you can give the nursing workforce after what's happened is more money. 100%. Because if anything, they're the workforce whose lives have not changed in the sense of they're still going to work, they're still taking annual leave, they're still dealing with the same pressure, if not more pressure. They're still having to nurse to the highest standard that we're accustomed to in a very very tense very challenging very unpredictable environment Mm -hmm. and just saying you're going to give a reward it doesn't bode well it doesn't sound good it doesn't sound reassuring and especially the fact that they want to now freeze public i think public services at their salaries and that nurses come under that so i think that's such a shame it's like like people have said to me like oh yes we know we should be thankful for getting claps but i'm sorry all that we have done and now you want to put a pay freeze on everything i get we're gonna but, my, hit- but, but, but that's my my issue with that now is nurses and that should never have gone out and been clapping with all these people because you look people it gives the impression that we're so grateful for what you've done for we're so grateful that you guys are appreciating us so we're clapping yeah and to me and i've always said this from the beginning the government are going to use that and say, but we clapped for you. We appreciated you already. So what more do you want? You are doing your job. Why do you want more? That's going to be their line of argument. And I, and I can already see it now. That's oh, going to be what they're going to say. You know, you all clapped. So what the hell do you want now? You were also happy when we were clapping for you. You couldn't thank us enough for supporting you guys. You know, we're and out of the thick of it. We're out of this, out of that. Now you want us to give you more money? what can't you see what's going on outside can't you see we're, we're going to be in a recession can't you see we're going to get money back from this sector and this sector now you want more money i don't think so like i just like it's one of those things you can already see it happening you yeah. can already see the issue well, definitely you know, i think this conversation has been held it's been is this conversation is probably well, it is a lot bigger than just us like even everywhere like people are talking about it as in like, so yes, we already knew once they, they locked us down and everything happened, people were going to lose their jobs, et cetera, et cetera. Just a shame that it's had to come to this. Like you said, are we shocked? Something had to give. It praised us already by clapping for us and people saying how thankful they are of us. But, you know, we still yeah. go and do what we do on a day-to-day basis. Really, truly, we have, like, for us, life hasn't changed. Yes, departments and such may be busy or closed etc but our lives haven't changed like we're still going to work just as normal yeah so just to like um give again the non-healthcare listeners an idea of what we're talking about so a band five nurse this is a nurse who has just qualified so entry level would be earning twenty four thousand nine hundred and seven pounds a year and that is from april of this year that has started so we're looking at that's i think after tax is what they're getting 
that's not London, is it? As in... So... Let's see, in a London pay. I think, just to explain it a bit further, obviously London is very expensive to live in, and I think a lot of places, well, just like a lot of places are. However, if you live in London, or if you, or if you work in London, you get, like, a high cost, you get a bit of a grant on top. However, that still doesn't change what your basic would be. Like, your ba- like Diane said, your basic would be it's under 25000 a year. Like, if you live out of London and you work outside of London, that's what you're getting. So, 2020, 2021, yeah, 24,907 is what they would get as a five just entering the profession. But we should be happy with that. However, you know, the MP's got a 10k pay, uh, well, let me say my words again. Yeah, MP's got a 10k pay rise. So, um, looking at the members of parliament and their pay. So for example, it came out that they've got an annual increase of 3.1% and their salaries went from £79,468 to £81,932 and that was effective from the 1st of April this year. Now, as a nurse, if you ever got to that salary, you would be like a consultant nurse, a matron, a director of nursing. Mm-hmm. That's the role you would be in on that amount of money. This is the kind of money that a consultant would be on. And that's a doctor who is very experienced in a certain field or certain specialism. So that's a lot of money. A lot of money. And a doctor earns that money, definitely. The experience, the time that they put in, you know, the, the practice, the theory, the knowledge, the learning, yeah. the study. Yeah. Now, an MP, I don't know what an MP does apart from advocate for their locality and, you know, barter and issue and, you know, pass legislation and things like that, lawmakers, essentially. Yeah. But I struggle to understand how that inflation-busting pay rise, as quoted in The Independent, how such an increase in pay can be justified. But yet, when you're talking about a workforce that essentially are holding your nation together, why they have to butter when it comes to the pay rise for them. Why do you have to have unions being outraged? Why do you have to have um, Donna Kinnear, she's like the head of the RCN, why do you have to have those kind of people Mm -hmm. coming out and being disgusted with how we're being treated financially? But yet, MPs can just have their pay increased just because they can you know i don't understand where that is fair and where that isn't fair you know why it's just a shame it has to come to this but like sadly this is the world we live in i'm not trying to justify it at all but it's just like when will we really be uh, what's the word i want to say granted when will we really granted for all that we've done not even just now, like stuff we do prior to all of this going on. Like we work very it's not hard. That. It's not even that. I think for me, it's an issue of respect because you don't respect what I do because if you did, you'd pay me what I do for what I do. Yeah. And I think the common joke is always you never go into nursing for money because there's no money in nursing. It's a running joke with everybody. Oh, no one nurses for the money. 
And any of the nurses that are listening, or any of the student nurses that are listening, the nursing associates, you will hear like disgruntled family members or parents when they're very frustrated and angry and they say, you're just doing this for the money. You're just doing this for the money. And you, you almost laugh because you almost want to say, do you want to see my salary? Do you want to see my pay slip <laughs> last month? Do you want to see what I got paid? Because trust me, if I was doing it for the money, I would have left a long he time ago. Okay. So I kind of feel like it's, the running, it's the, a running theme, a running joke. That when you nurse, you nurse because you love to care, not because you love money. Because there is no money in nursing. But that is a narrative that should and has to change because people need to be valued for what they do. People need to be respected for what they do. It's not easy to go into an environment, take off your personal situations and your personal life and step into your professional zone and nurse to a very high standard when you don't know if you're going to eat tomorrow because you don't have enough money or you've paid all the rent and all the bills and there's only a couple of pounds left. Then you're having to work extra shifts, which we would call bank. Mm-hmm. You're having to work extra shifts to make up where you, where you fall short because your finances are shaky. And then that means you're not having enough rest to come back and be 110% and give your best. So shame. my whole, like, coming up of what I'm saying is basically how can an MP give himself more money, but you, the health secretary, Matt Hancock, when asked and questioned and probed about what you're going to do about nurses' salary, your answer, your specific answer is, nurses have had a significant pay increase over the years. Significant is the word that hurts the most. (laughs) Significant. It's a joke. It's an actual joke. So, yeah, I mean, that's my take on that whole topic. There needs to be a definite discussion with the right people Mm -hmm. about the nursing salary and how they're going to make it better for the current nurses, the ones that are to come. Because it needs to be a profession that in society is seen as important. We have a duty of care outside of work and inside of work. So... If people don't know that when you're a nurse, you kind of have, you're accountable to a, a nursing body, which is the Nursing and Referee Council, which yeah. we've talked about in earlier episodes. And when you are a nurse, there's certain things you can and cannot do. Yeah. You cannot carry yourself in a reckless way. No, because you, you will be, be out here. It. You can't be out here doing stupid things because in society, you are a nurse, you are respected, you are trusted. Mm-hmm. But if that is the way society perceives us, and that is the position we are expected to hold, then our salary should reflect that. Yeah. Like, we put so much effort, and our lives have to change. Like, it just has to. Once you become a nurse or a midwife, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. So why doesn't our paycheck reflect that? Because I highly doubt that many other professions have to go through similar things. Well, no, because obviously they're all being paid lovely. And they don't have to fight for their money. Whereas with nurses, if you look at our history, many, many nurses have to go on strike to raise awareness about the fact that they're not paid enough. I think even going but, back to what you were saying about the percentages, like this year alone, our pay has only gone up by 1.7%. Which, what is that? But the MPs have gone up by 3.1%. So make it make sense. No, the thing is, it's, it's, it's very simple. Make it make sense because it's not making sense. And 
the thing is obviously being respectful of everybody mm-hmm. everybody's job is important in different rights but yeah. at the same time you need nurses you need that profession you need it to keep going yeah you do you need them they don't need you you need them and come rain come shine come the storm come the sun we have to be there whether we like it or not we must be there so my issue is why can't we have the pay that we deserve simple as you know we're not telling you pay us 80 grand all of us no because you earn that as you go up your banding as you specialize as your expertise increases as your experience increase as your years of service increase yeah that goes up but at least give somebody a, a appropriate pay for the skill that they obtain and that they practice and they nurture 100%. and they build on do that 100 percent. so that is my take on hancock and his lack of pay effort I'm right there behind you because everything you said has me, well, for personally for me, I think it's, it's correct. It's just such a shame that it's had to come to this. Like everyone's been out here week after week, out here clapping, showing us how much they support, including the MPs. And, you know, we get shafted. I think the thing that hurts me is that they're standing there and they're clapping, but they're walking back into their one million pound house to go and sit on their nice dining table and put the TV on and eat their very nice food. You have some nurses that are going to food banks to go and eat food. You yeah, have nurses that are having to, share, having to share in a house because they can't afford their own place, their own space. You have nurses who are doing, working six days a week because they're working three shifts and then two shifts are extra to make money to cover what they're going to lose. How is that fair? How is that nurturing the staff that you need how is that supporting the work that you say you care for so much so, there, so there's a lot that needs to be done there's a lot that needs to be discussed and i think if the government really wants to do something real and honest about it they need to come and talk to nurses forget yes. the chief executive if he's on 100k no. they need to forget come to the, the front head line staff. come and talk to the nurses who are working day in and day out and giving the best care and they're literally living on the breadline. They need to talk to those kind of people. So that's what I, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's my little, my little rant on the topic. Because, <laughs> yeah. No, but you haven't said anything that isn't true. Girl, if you have to preach, you have to preach. But it's them ones where it's like, people don't know, like, the reality. No, is, like, it's hard. Even comes down to like some of my friends only found recently found out that like this is gonna sound so minute that we even pay for parking. You're telling me you drive to work and you have to pay to park your car at work. I was like, yeah, just like everyone else. It's like these little things. Like we still just like you you spend to like travel to work. Fair enough, I get in my car, I pay for petrol, etc., etc. But I still have to pay for my car parking space when I get to work. Right, so many people were shocked just at that, that, you know, you guys actually have to pay for that. But like, the funny but the thing is, though, that's, but that's, that's the issue, is why is it that something bad has to happen for there to be outrage about how nurses are treated? They should be outraged all the time until things yeah. change. It shouldn't be that, 
when it floats your boat, you're very bothered by a situation. But then now you're not again. Yeah. It needs to be everybody's business. It needs to be out in the forefront that this is not right. This is unacceptable. Yeah. It's just a shame. We can only hope and pray that, you know, these things begin to change or that the conversation has started. Because, like, yes, we've started it between ourselves and it, and probably others have also started it between themselves. We can only hope that it gets as far as it needs to get to people that actually truly understand it from our point of view. Mm. But, but that. But, but, mm. Okay. So, in talking about pay and the fact that it's not very clear what's going to happen. Yeah. That kind of is going to roll us into the week we're in now. And I think we've just missed the end. We've just, we've yeah. just missed the cut-off date for this week. But it was Mental Health Awareness Week. Mm-hmm. So from the 18th to the 24th of May, it was basically all about the focus of mental health, mental illness, um, raising awareness basically for factors that can affect it and I guess yeah. ways in which you can combat it, deal with it, cope with it and generally opening the conversation about mental health. Yeah. And I think this was highlighted also in like nursing news about how nurses are feeling about it. Like how nurses that have that on the front line being like their PTSD unquote unquote with all that's happened. Because like we've been speaking about pay, this is also going back to like Manco- I mean Hancock. Wow, I just called him Mancock. Hancock. Mm-hmm. Um he did say that he still he still wants to find a way to fill the fifty thousand jobs that are standing. How are you gonna how are you gonna feel that when people are feeling the way they are with all that's going on? Are you coming to talk to those people to see how they're doing? Even for us alone, like we don't know what some people have seen, and some people have seen some horrific stuff. Don't get me wrong, we have all worked hard during this time, and we should all be very grateful for the service that we have given. Be proud of each other. How are people going to combat this? Like, this is going to be a lifelong thing. So, talking about what you were saying about the fact that they are trying to fill the nurse's role, they're trying mm-hmm. to fill the gap of nurses. And though it, it kind of steers away from mental health but comes back to mental health, yeah. is the most recent comment by Sir Stephen. Now, Sir Stephen, as far as I know, is somebody that... Let me make sure that I'm saying who he is very correctly. <laughs> so this is a person who came to the committee... And, and the committee, I mean the Commons Public Accounts Committee. Yeah. And basically was suggesting that airline staff who have lost their jobs should come in and fill the gap for nurses. Okay. Okay. And again, again, this takes us back to the fact that we are not seen as skilled professionals. We are not respected. Our work is mocked just by such a statement like that. And to me, that's a, a very big alarm bell because if you think you can just insert people into a hospital or community environment 
and they just nurse, then why the hell do we go to school for three years? Why the hell do we do clinical placements? Why the hell do we do exams? Why the hell do we do postgraduate courses? If somebody who can walk up and down an aeroplane and serve food and drink and point to the exit and thank me for having a lovely trip and keeping me safe on the plane, is qualified and equipped to now come and work in nursing. I need that one to make sense because to me, you're just insulting me left, right, centre, everywhere. I don't understand. No, it's 100% true. I think it's a shame. Like, I'm not downplaying air hostesses and et cetera. Like, they do, they do a great job at what they do. I don't think it's right for someone who has probably never worked a day in a nurse's life but also suddenly be like, oh, let's just pull them in. Like you said, we've gone to uni for three years and done, and done post-qualification courses. You think right. that we're just going to be able to pick people and say, you know, you come in, come in nurse, you do these antibiotics, you do this. However, you know, if a mistake is made, you were pulled up by the NNT. Like, I've never exactly. been so insulted about what I've done so much in my life. The fact that you think it's okay to say, you know, let's bring these people in. I don't think so. Like, they need, even if you wanted to bring people in who have lost their jobs, they still need to be trained. You can't just willy-nilly pull them off the street and say, here you go, here are your four patients, you look after them. I mean, and not even that. I think it's the aspect of respect everybody in the sense of their job is their job and our job is our job. Yeah. If, you know you, if you know you have a very big gap, find ways in why you have that gap. Why yeah. do you have a gap of 40,000 nurses? Why do you have it? Do, have you done the troubleshooting as to why you have it? Have you spoken to the actual nurses now in the profession to find out why people are not uptaking the profession? You know? they So, so NHS England want to see 50,000 more nurses join the, join the service, is what they're saying. 50,000. Yeah, but they, want, they have a 40,000 gap, but they want 50,000 to join. And I get it, because it would be lovely to have more nurses, and anyone who wants to be a nurse, come and do it, because it is very rewarding and a very amazing job and career to have it is, but, it's long. like you never stop learning and you never stop like it will take you so many places so many but places. my issue is, is don't think you can do a cut shut job of okay let's just bring an airline staff and get them to do that no, no because it doesn't work like that Not you can't just bring somebody in and say oh okay we want you to do these kind of things but they're, you know, it's like this or it's like that. First of all, how would they feel? Would you would they feel safe enough? Would they feel that they have enough experience? You're having people's lives in your hands every day. No matter how well or unwell they are, they're in hospital for a reason. Therefore, they're yeah. still vulnerable and feel at risk. Do you feel safe enough to be in such a position? So I just feel like it's a very stupid comment and it's, it's very insulting. It's very, very insulting. And it, it, again, brings about the issue that the government don't respect the NHS. And clearly, this chief executive, Sir Simon, doesn't either. He seems to think it's a a very easy solution. I think from the NHS. That's so so shocking. Shocking. From the NHS. That you're supposed to be one of us, and this is what you're saying. And I just and I just think that's why when you're at the top and you're looking down, it's very difficult. If and also if you're 
somebody in, in a high position who hasn't ever been on the front line or nursed or been part of acute services yeah. is very difficult to understand. Because if you're, if you're business-led and you've only ever been in the corporate side of NHS, you only, yeah. you only ever see numbers and budgets and figures yeah. and percentages. You don't really see people and feelings and demand and stress and emotion. You don't, you're not part of that world. Yeah. So That's I think cool. people have to also understand that, that you can be in the NHS and be corporate. You can be in the NHS and you can be um, clerical. You can be administrative. You can be nursing with free. You can be allied health. You always can't, you all come at it from very different angles. Yeah. So an executive versus a clinical member of staff is different. The pressures are different. Yeah. The stresses are different. But to me, that is a very haphazard statement to make. Or oh, we should recruit airline staff to fill the gap. Would you want an airline airline member, an airline staff member who has never done any form of nursing training, or even like HCA training, to come and take care of you in hospital? I know I wouldn't. That's not discrediting again. That's not discrediting them at all. Like they are good at their own jobs, just like we are good at our own jobs. You would never see. I would never be the person to be like, "Yep, I'm going to go and be an air hostess right now today. I'm going to get on that flight and start doing what they do," because I just don't yeah. know. Like you want to yeah. have like your rationale as to why you do certain things. You wouldn't just want to be pulled left, right, and center into a job or a profession that you've never, never cared for and never wanted to do, just because you know. The current situation permits you to, to, to all of a sudden go and make money elsewhere. I don't think that's right. I think it's very unsafe. Very unsafe. Definitely. And I mean, if you bring that like back into our mental health awareness, is the fact that how do you think that makes a nurse feel, knowing that their level of work is being compared to that of an airline's crew member that always oh, yeah. it's, it's so easy to just bring in a crew member and train them up a bit and get them to do something like what you're doing no, how does that make them feel how are they valued that can have an impact on your mental health too these times we spent three years or some people spent four years and probably more preparing for where we are now but you know they're what potentially put you on a three-day course or something and say yep you're ready no i don't think it's fair at all yeah so it's definitely it's definitely great that we've had a week for mental health and i think it's never been more important now because of the climate that everybody's in yeah Um, i know the theme the theme for the week was kindness and about being kind to others and to yourself showing kindness even in small and big ways Mm. and i think the last episode that we did episode four basically was I guess we've almost preempted the yeah. mental awareness because it was about um how are you essentially and about your mental health and being kind to yourself. So definitely if you haven't listened, listen to that episode because yeah. it instead of us having to regurgitate what we said, it talks specifically about being kind and looking after yourself and the importance of self care. Yeah. I think even like what you on what you said like like the week the message for the week was be kind i think that's just like the whole year's running motto regardless of everything that's happened even from like the amounts of deaths that we've seen not even just corona deaths from like the beginning of the year to like march the same the same message was always been talked about like be kind be kind to others be kind to yourself like just look after yourself and be kind and like diane said 
feel free to go back and listen to our past episode on mental health. There are services that people feel like they need to talk to. There are services that people can contact. And feel free, if you want those services, feel free to let us know and we're happy to send them out as well. Yeah. So I know that the NHS have this one called Every Every Mind Matters. Yeah. And basically what what it does is you can create, you answer these kind of questions and it gives you like a plan. Mm. of how to manage your mind essentially um mm. how to have downtime um how to essentially deal with certain feelings and how and what you're going through for going through things if you're having trouble sleeping trouble working from home and oh. also just tips on how to manage your well-being generally not just in this climate but generally so definitely things like stress anxiety sleep and ways to boost your mood and obviously feel more in control so definitely every mind matters is definitely featured on the page before so if everyone does want it just drop a message and it can be like forwarded on to you but literally every mind matters you put that straight into google it comes straight up and you can try the quiz get yourself a mind plan yeah just like diane said also what i've noticed is that a lot of trusts have their own adaptations of it so if you feel like you do need this please look on your intranet or speak to like your team leaders and managers and see how they can can help you during these during these times most definitely mm-hmm. so i want to say we've come to the end of our episode yeah we've spoken about all the um, things we needed to what i will say again is just apologies for the really the large gap since the last episode and hopefully that won't happen again yeah um we're going to try and steer away from coronavirus now because there's so much more to talk about in regards to nursing yeah it's not the only it's not the only thing and Mm -hmm. i feel like it's so difficult because it's all that's out there that it keeps coming up so definitely there's going to be a lot more discussion on nursing as a profession and in the different avenues and um yeah so just keep listening out for notifications for new episodes and the plan is still to have them out every week so that is hopefully what we'll go back to yeah and um if in doubt just send a message on instagram and you can always hit me and diane up on our personals um jb and dd looks and also the nursing handover podcast email address as well that will also be linked in the bios and we hope you've enjoyed this episode. So from us, we'll speak to you guys next week. Yes, until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.